This is episode number 170 of Music Lesson Business Academy. And in this episode, we're going to do kind of a recap of a coaching call I did with somebody, do a little deep dive into what that coaching call was like and what we both walked away with and got out of it. And we're also going to talk about lever number seven, profit margin. I got some great profit margin news uh, from my school this week. So we'll dig into that as well. All right, let's roll the intro. everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Music Lesson Business Academy. I'm your host, Danny Thompson. Thank you so much for tuning in for this episode as we start winding down the year. I'm sure everybody like me can't wait. Like the quicker time can move right now, the better. But you know what? We should just sit back and take it all in because we're going to look back on these times with, you know, I'm sure lots of different emotions, but there are positive things uh, happening right now. And, you know, it's up to each of us to turn, you know, as much of this into a positive for ourselves as possible. And that's that's what I'm working hard on every day. I'm even going to tell you a little bit of positive news uh, in lever seven today that I've sort of come across. So, uh, you know, that'll be interesting. And like I said, we're going to go into a deep dive on to a coaching call. If you're new to the uh, podcast here, if you feel so inclined to go over to iTunes, leave me a review and a rating. It is much appreciated. Now, guys, if you're out there and you're looking for a little bit of extra help, With your music lesson business, you want to be prepared for harvest season, which is coming spring, summer, summer in that somewhere in that vicinity. I just read an article, uh, LA Times today, saying the roaring 20s are coming back and basically kind of saying, you know, yes, we're in for a little bit of a dark couple months here over the winter, and I think we're all sort of prepared for that but that the California economy is going to crush. So if you want to be prepared, no matter where you live, to take advantage of that, now is the time to be getting ready for that. So if you're looking for a little bit of extra help, go over to Music Lesson Business Academy. I've got two coaching programs up there that you can check out. See what best fits you. I would love to connect with you and uh, see if I can help you the way that I was able to with this coaching call that we are going to talk about today. This episode of Music Lesson Business Academy is brought to you by Never Alone Business Services, a dot-com, Google Ads, Facebook Ads, SEO, and website design designed for you, the music school owner, by music school owners. Head on over to NeverAloneBusinessServices.com. Mention you heard about it on Music Lesson Business Academy, and you can save 100 bucks off any of their services. This episode is also brought to you by the fine folks over at TeacherZone, TeacherZone.com for your scheduling, billing, and student learning management needs. 
Go over to TeacherZone.com. Hit those guys up. They would love to give you a free demo of their programs. Okay, let's get into today's episode. So earlier this week, I had a coaching call with Jason from Blue and Green Music out in Phoenix, Arizona. And let me give you a little bit of history on some of the things he's been working on and how that poses certain challenges in his business. But they are a very specific school. It's very focused on one thing. They really only do piano lessons. Uh, but they but they have a specific way of doing it, created all of their own curriculums, very deep. Uh, Jason's partner comes from, you know, a public education background. So they really wanted to create these curriculums and these systems for how they taught the music. And I'm a huge fan of this because, you know, it gives you a differentiation from all the other places that just kind of do it the same old way. And the flip side to that is, is that it can create a challenge in that parents calling, looking for piano lessons, you know, you're in the, the position of needing to sell them something different that they're not, they're not used to. And, and that's where these types of things get to be a challenge. And I feel like at my school right now, especially I'm in a similar situation uh, not only because we do have our specific lessons that we do things definitely uh, at a different, in much of a different way than many schools do, you know, but also the transition to mostly online, you know, it's kind of like we're selling a new program and I have some other, you know, changes coming to our business that are really going to be different than 99% of the places that you might look for music lessons. And again, there's good and there's bad. There's good because you're different, right? And there's there's something to be said for being different. You know, remember, it doesn't have to be for everybody. It just needs to be for enough of your people. The challenge on the flip side of that is because it's different, because it's new, it's harder to sell sometimes. So, you know, finding that mix of those two things is, is challenging and really difficult. So, uh, Jason recently has redone his website. It looks amazing. It's really, really good. It's very clean. It, it's really well done. Um, but the challenge is, you know, as we r- scroll through the website, it's that concept of, you know, being able to explain easily and also relatively quickly without a lot of text and things like that, how the school is different. What are you doing that's really different? And I know because I've known uh, Blue and Green and Jason for a long time that the website, it's not really telling us how much different it, like we've had in-depth conversations. So I know what he's doing is much different and much more thought out. and thorough than kind of what the website really depicts. And that's a challenge that I think a lot of us all run into. Um, You know, again, you can't write paragraph after paragraph, you know, on the homepage about how your, you know, your lessons work. It just won't, you know, most people won't read that now. So, you know, instead of, and I think this is a great takeaway and a great exercise um, and something that I'm trying to do with anybody that I do a coaching, you know, sessions with, is instead of trying to start there on the website, we're going to start with 
of conversation and a phone call. Meaning we're going to start with a phone role play as if I'm calling you as a potential parent of a student. And that's where we start. I want to hear the pitch. Tell me, right? Because for most of us, it's easier verbally to explain how our school is different or what we offer than it is to clearly articulate that on, uh, in website copy or in emails. So that's where we started. Now, most music school owners really don't have sales experience. I mean, very few people out there really have very good sales experience. And it's, it's an area that's definitely helped me a lot because I feel very, very confident when I talk to somebody on the phone about the lessons. And, and um, you know, there is a process to it that you can learn. So I did, like I said, I'm putting together a course that's all about how to sell over the phone and I'm just going to give it away for free. So I'll be letting you all know when that's ready and you can get it over at Music Lesson Business Academy. Um, but, you know, Jason's demeanor on the phone, all those things were great. Um, you know, it just needs a little bit of sales training. But more importantly, what it helped us do is really discover where he might be missing the mark in trying to explain what they do for students. Uh, and where he went is where a lot of people go, and it's super common, is you get into the weeds, right? And the weeds are like, you go too deep into details, and you try to tell the, the, the customer everything. Whereas you will get a better result in trying to narrow down, well, what are the just the couple of key elements? Like, you can't explain everything to everybody on the phone call because, you know, there's limited time. Some, in some ways, the parents might not even care that much. They just want to get the lessons going. Um, and we want to walk away with... <clears throat> Whatever we're able to do on the phone, we want to be able to turn that into bullet points and sales points that we're able to incorporate in our emails as well as website copy. So this is a great starting point to help you put together good web copy. So what we did is kind of narrow down, well, what, what are the key elements that are different and how could we explain it to somebody? You know... Instead of going through every little detail that created this new program that keeps kids learning but having a ton of fun, what if we just say, we've got a patented program that does X, Y, and Z without going too into the details of it? We could even tell the person, you know, I'm going to email you after the call something that shows you in much greater detail what's involved in that program or something along those lines because we really just want to get these key points out now there's a whole lot more to a good sales call most of it is listening being good at sales really comes down to listening first not jumping into explaining what you do and here, here let me give you an example of you know, how that could impact you back, you know, in the sales days uh, at Guitar Center, you know, qualifying the customer is basically asking lots of questions. And what we would see rookie salespeople, the mistake that they make is a person would say, yes, I'm looking for a guitar. 
and they would go, oh, these strats right over here are on sale this weekend. They're only $300. When in fact, that customer had came in looking for a very high-end guitar, three, $4,000 Les Paul or Paul Reed Smith. So we're not doing a service in showing that person that guitar when that's completely not what they're looking for. Or if you went to buy a, a new car and what you need, like for me, I need a pickup truck or an SUV. And they said, oh, you're looking to buy a car. Let me show you this, you know, small little two-door sedan. It gets great gas mileage, right? So asking questions. So we always start there with a customer, which is, you know, what is it they're looking for? How old is the student? What is their experience level? What are you looking to get out of it? All those kind of things. And that can help us to tailor them to the right program. And as we present what we do, we can remember the things that they were saying so that we can try to hit upon elements that will resonate with that customer. So what we were really accomplishing in this sales call wasn't so much, you know, practicing the actual sales side of it. That's something Jason can do, you know, outside of this. But what we really did was help clarify, well, what is it that you are doing that is different? Because, you know, you're telling me all these things, but I don't have a, I'm not, me as the potential customer, I wasn't walking away with a clear understanding. Just make it simple, bullet point out what you do. So the exercise that I would, you know, have you guys walk away from this podcast with is maybe you can do a role play like this. If you don't want to get on a coaching call and, and get set up with me, maybe you can find somebody who could be that potential fake customer and just have them call. Literally, you go ring, ring, and you answer the phone. Thanks for calling the Music Factory. This is Danny. And you go and let that person be a, you know, potential parent with a 10-year-old who wants to take guitar lessons. You know, what are the things that they ask? Yeah, my guy, I got a 10-year-old interested in maybe getting into some guitar lessons. So I'm kind of wanting to know, you know, a lot of times I'll say, well, I wanted to know how much, you know, lessons are. So a lot of times people are asking about the price. That doesn't mean that they're necessarily, you know just looking for the cheapest lesson by all means. So don't, don't assume that with people. That's just a very common opening statement for people. Cause they don't know necessarily all the other things that they should be asking. Um, but then do that role play and, and really primarily concentrating on getting to the point of, well, can you tell me about your lessons or tell me about your program and see how good you can explain in a short period of time and in a very concise manner, what you do, why that's good or cool, that's the advantage, and what's the benefit to the student, right, of that uh, bullet point. So that's a feature. A feature of your school is this. The benefit, the advantage of that feature is this, and the benefit to you, Mr. Customer, or to your, your son or daughter who's going to be doing lessons is this. You have to walk them through it and really explain those things. And you should basically, until you're so good that you've got this totally down, you need to write this down. Now, I know a lot of you are probably thinking, well, I don't like to do phone sales. I try to sign up everybody via text message or email or something else. I get it. I do lots of texting and emailing and things of that nature as well. But 
you need to be putting something in that email. And what is it that's going in that email? What is it that's going on your website? Now, it's hard in a text message, obviously, to do a full um, you know, sales pitch, and you shouldn't really be doing that. Text messaging and, uh, to me, text messaging and emails is really a way for me to get through the guard dogs so that I can get on the phone with people. Now, again, I just, I just got an email just now, like, we loved the trial class, we want to sign up. I've never spoken to this person on the phone. <laughs> that was a purely an email sign up. It was easy though, because of what they were looking for, which by the way, was a kids rock class. Um, they came and did a trial on Tuesday. They're signed up all my, tr so I just turned kids rock back on. I'm hundred percent full 20 some odd students. Now, of course we did just have a shutdown come through like at the exact same day. I knew that might happen. Um, we're, we're kind of riding it out to see what the actual rules that we need to follow are. And we're coming up on Christmas break. Like, so there's really only like another week of classes, but anyway, aside from that, that parent was able to read, you know, the information regarding that class through my website or, and maybe not even so much my website, but more so the email sequence that they were in. So they have a pretty good idea at that point of what that class is, right? They specifically asked for it. So they know what it is. So yes, I've never talked to that person. I didn't need to do phone sales with them. And you will have those people. But again, <clears throat> the reason potentially that my email sequences are getting better um, is because I have a very clear understanding of how to explain my school and what we do. And I'm going to put all that literally like a fake role play in that course that's coming out. So again, don't, yes, as the, as we move more and more, you know, as time goes by, it'll, you know, probably even do more texting and more emailing and less phone conversations, but old school phone sales for me, if I can get that customer on the phone, it does multiple things. As good as I'm trying to make my emails and use texting, it still doesn't come close to me talking to that customer because I can get this information flow going right then and there with them on the phone. Um, and two, I can get a read also of, is this person going to be a good customer or do I actually not want to sign them up? Are they crazy? I, I mean, I get those calls and I know in a short period of time, I'm like, oof, I don't even think I want to go through the process of signing this person up, you know? And, and it's hard to do that via text and email. So I get it. You know, people will say, I'd rather do a text message than a phone call. Yes. I think we all are in that boat, but just because the customer says that that's what they, you know, in their mind would prefer, or you would prefer, we want to do what's most effective. And so a phone call where you can really talk about what they're looking for and what they want and get them pumped up and really bring them into the fold. Nothing can do that still like that phone call can. So, you know, at least for the time being, you know, if you can get people on the phone, that's going to be your highest closing ratio by far. Use the text messaging, use the email as a way to get past the guard dogs. So do a role play, see how you do, and make a clear, concise sales pitch that you write down. Have those bullet points. Then you can look back at your emails and your website and use this 
exercise as a way to help clarify what it is you do and why somebody should sign up for lessons with you. And I'm happy to say that Jason, after our call, got on the phone with a customer and signed up a student that very day. I did as well. And it was a hard one. It started completely with an in-person lesson. We definitely don't want to do online. My son has a little bit of ADD and you know lots of other issues. It ended with, let's go ahead and, and sign up and try it. So it took me a little time to make that work. Now, there's an argument for sure that that student, that's a risky sign up. They might not work out. That's why I have the lesson pass. But right now, where it's not gangbusters yet, I'm trying to convert those people as best that I can. So I, again, I'm in the mode of I'm selling something new, right? And selling something new is going to take a bigger effort. Uh, There might be a little more fallout than normal. But as I'm going to talk about here in the seven levers, because of some other changes I've made, I don't need it to be as good as it was before. In today's seven levers, we're going to talk about profit a margin. So uh, a while back, I, uh, you know, as we made this pivot in our school and went to primarily online lessons, we got rid of a couple of the extra buildings we were using. So we've been able to dramatically lower our overhead. Now, I understand, you know, most of you guys aren't going to get rid of buildings and go 100% online or anything like that. But one of the other things we were able to do as we went through that was really do a line by line evaluation of everything we were spending. And, you know, it, it, it's amazing like how easy it was to really start to save ourselves dough. And, you know, we kept working on it. It didn't all happen in one month. It took a little bit of time because we'd come across things. We had some other things kind of work out in our favor. We had a loan from years ago. That was a fairly hefty payment, like a $600 payment that we came across our final payment in the last month or so. That that was actually still in this month's payments, though. So as we hit December, we're, you know, lowering the expenses another $670 just from that. Now, there's some services I turned off that I wish I was still using, Um but it's only a few, you know, and so down the road, maybe we'll bump those back on a little bit. But through doing this exercise, we were able to dramatically just kind of clean the whole thing up in a certain way. And granted, you got to keep growing. You got to keep doing sales. You're never going to make your business survive by only cutting costs. That That's for sure. But it is certainly a part of, you know, managing uh, your business, uh, doing an MBO, which is management by objective, which I, you know, I have, I talk about in my new coaching program. And, you know, one of those objectives would be to have a controllable, what we call controllable expense goal and bonusing yourself out of your business based on attaining these goals. So, you know, I'm really happy, although our sales are down quite a bit compared to what we used to be, we're probably, you know, 30% down maybe, but we were able to increase our margin. So our net profit margin for November was 
getting closer to like a 30% profit margin. Whereas we had months in the past where we ran at 15% profit margins. And 20 is a really nice kind of number to shoot from. You can kind of do the math, you know, and figure out where you're going to be at based on that. But um, so to, to hit that level of profit margin through making these expense cuts was really exciting. So now if we can add business back on to what we were doing, increasing our online lesson presence, reaching out to students outside of our immediate market, we can build this thing back into a really profitable situation for us. So it's a really nice light at the end of the tunnel, especially, you know, with uh, the prospects of us rolling into good times ahead once we get through this winter. Um, So I'm just kind of putting my head down doing the best I can, working on systems um, right now to be prepared for that harvest season down the road. And having this streamlined profit margin bump uh, is, is a really exciting prospect. So dig into your line items, see what you can tighten up on. And, you know, if you can even get a 5% profit margin increase by doing that right now, that's going to be very beneficial, uh, not only now, but in the future when you start expanding and growing again, uh, this could be monumentally helpful to your business. All right, guys, that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Next week, I'm going to talk about, you know, who should be, you should be trying to impress. Who should you try to impress? Is it the student or the parents? Both? Neither? We're going to go and talk about that in detail. All right, everyone, have a wonderful week. Good luck. We'll talk to you soon.